Woo! What is up? Archaeologists, enthusiasts everywhere. This is Adam Pacor, and you have tuned in to Requiem for a Tuesday. How the hell are you? We're thrilled to be here. This is a very exciting episode. One, Henry Indiana Jones is back after these messages. Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, you name it, we got it. Uh, Stitcher is apparently going under, so not that one anymore. If you're some weird guy who uses that, you can't. So too bad. Uh, I have noticed numbers are up, so thanks everybody. Appreciate the love. Uh, We finally have reviews showing up on Spotify, so... There's only four, but still, thanks to the four of you who went and did that. Um, lots of love going around, so let's keep that up. Let's keep the momentum going. Uh, share this episode if you like it. If you don't, get the fuck out of here. Uh, no, uh, listen to a different one. It'll be better. <laughs> uh, we got merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. My Instagram is adam.rfat if you are so inclined uh music multiplex wolfax everything's linked in the description below please check it out support your boys let's get into it the 150th episode special is here what a ah uh, what a moment what a moment uh don't know if there could be a more fitting exciting time to hit a milestone that's not that significant, but still. Indiana Jones, you know, perhaps the most fun film franchise. That's three Fs in history. Um, You kill the Nazis, you fuck some broads, you beat the shit out of people, you get a bunch of gold. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's just the best, a nonstop thrill ride. Possibly my favorite mass franchise like this. You know, we're on to the fifth entry here. Uh, 15 years after the last entry, which was fucking 19 years after the prior entry, uh, which was... Not very far from that. A little bit of context here. It has been pouring rain since before I woke up this morning. There are floods everywhere in Chicago. Um, The theater we went to was down a ramp. The ramp was flooded. We had to gun it through just to make it. On the way home, uh, you know, we had to go on the other side of some train tracks Every single underpass for no matter what street you went to was flooded. So I had to abandon the car, walk home on foot. Rain had kind of let up, but the floods were plentiful. So, you know, a little bit of a journey myself coming home from the theater. After, you know, after yesterday having purchased a ticket... Not reading the fine print at the same theater I went to today. Uh, Spanish-only dubbed screening. Hispanic neighborhood. Uh, This theater offers tickets before like 3 p.m. or some shit for $5. So that is why I go there. It is worth the extra 20 minutes it may take compared to other theaters in the area. Uh, what a steal, but that was a mistake. Had to get a refund, did it today, caught in the rain. So went through a journey much like our hero will be discussing today. And, you know, much like Henry Jones, I don't do it for the accolades. Um... I just do it for the work. I just love the work. You know, uh, history needs to be preserved. 
and both myself and Dr. Jones are just here to keep the record straight, you know? I'm trying to keep movie takes out of the hands of podcast Nazis. So, he and I are one and the same. Fighting the good fight, one day at a time. One day at a time. Um, how do we even begin? Look, I'm not going to do the full movie breakdown, I decided, because... Look, the first three, I think, are obviously independent from the second two. And I do think the second two kind of have a lot in common. But listen, I'm literally like, I got home 30 minutes ago from seeing this movie. So I'm still kind of processing what happened. So this is going to be kind of like live feelings that may change. This could be evolved. Um, so I just want to say that up top before we get too deep into this. Um, but yeah, so I think the original three, look, I've seen them so many more times. I want, like, I didn't need to revisit them. Um, although Raiders, I rewatch twice a year at least. Uh, Last Crusade, I would say I've seen within the last year or two. There was a rewatchables on it, so that refreshed me uh, pretty recently. And look, Temple of Doom, look, I'll just go in order. Raiders, the best one for sure. We'll probably end this with a final ranking at the end. But, I mean, nothing has really changed with this new movie, I don't think. So... I, I mean, wow, that was such an interesting movie. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry. My thoughts are just kind of flooding my brain right now. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> that opening sequence, I mean, unrivaled, as fun as anything I've ever seen. The, the joyous, just boy-like wonder that Steven Spielberg stirs up inside of me for this film and I think for uh, Last Crusade is pretty, like, almost unrivaled in movies. There's not such a, like, giddy excitement that I should be embarrassed by that I feel in any other movies. Like, don't get me wrong, like, there's an excitement that I get for plenty of other things that maybe even exceed the level. It's just, it's not the childish, like, Christmas Eve, I can't fall asleep excitement <laughs> type shit um, where it just tickles me in all the right places. I mean, the same thing with like Jurassic Park, just the, the way it puts you in the world and just like, it just has the right vibe that it needs. Anyway, yeah, the opening scene is incredible and it's just shot out of a cannon from there. It's like, I'm the evil archaeologist and I work with the Nazis. And then it's like, yo, these, these Nazis are really no good. Um, you got to go get the Ark of the Covenant, which they explain what that is. And look, this is Indiana Jones in a nutshell. He's a professor saying a bunch of shit you don't understand. Then he's on an adventure trying to recover an artifact that even though they explain it directly in your face, you still don't really know what they're talking about and you don't really know where they're going or why or how they know what any of these clues mean or why or whether any of it makes sense, but you just buy in and you roll with the punches and you're like, let's go to Morocco, Africa, whatever. We're in a river. We're in a cave. Are these things historically accurate? I don't know. It seems like a lot of the time they're based on something somewhat real, but whatever. They're not really trying to teach you anything. Um, it's like, Oh, so Indy knows this guy. Am I supposed to know this guy? 
The answer is no, you're not. You're just supposed to be like, oh, Indy knows this guy, so it's just like we're good. They're cool. There's like it's weird because there's all that exposition to be like, here's the MacGuffin that doesn't actually matter because this movie's just killing Nazis. And yeah. And then but we're not gonna explain who anybody is really in any situation. And then, like, even in the sequels, they're, like, new people, but they just do it again. And you're like, wait, were they in the last one? And then, no, they they weren't. They never were. It's it's nuts. Anyway. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. That's the first one, Ark of the Covenant, Masterpiece. Uh, you know, the Nazis melt. We love it. Um, Temple of Doom. They wanted to be like, okay, this guy doesn't just fight Nazis. Let's just do some more archaeology shit. Um, yet they managed to make a movie that is darker than a movie about Nazis being the main villain. Uh, now they're child slaves in like the rainforest, I think, or was that also in the desert? I don't remember. Uh, this movie's also just like very loud. There's just a lot of screams and, uh, the kid is annoying who I, I, you know, I was mad at him for complaining about how hard his life has been before winning an Oscar, despite being in this movie. Uh, please revisit that. I don't know what episode that's on, but it was good. I, I still feel good about it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, he was annoying in this movie, and he's annoying complaining about having to wait this long to win an Oscar. You, Oh, you poor bastard. Get the fuck out of my face. I've never met Harrison Ford. How do you think I feel inside? I was looking at fucking Sprinter van conversions in Santa Fe, New Mexico today. And last night, $90,000. Do you think I have $90,000? Do you think I can afford a Sprinter van in the first place? No. Okay? But yeah, you poor guy. You almost didn't get to win an Oscar in your life. Boo-hoo. Anyway, uh... (laughs) Go back down that rabbit hole. The The movie's not very good. Uh, the female lead doesn't work, and it's like, why isn't Karen Allen in this? A question I have, why was Karen Allen not in all of these movies? Uh, their chemistry together is fantastic. She's fantastic. I believe I met her once. I don't really remember. There was a screening of Animal House with some people... That were in the movie. I can't remember if she was one of them, but I want to say she was, and she was very charming. She's incredibly charming. She's excellent every time she's on screen. She was great in Animal House as well. She's a very independent, strong woman. I sense it. It's magnetic. That's why she has excellent chemistry with Harrison Ford, who don't take shit from no bitch. That's official. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just electric together, so I don't know what happened there, who fucked what up in what negotiation at what, at any point, but, uh, that's a huge flaw. I think that she improves Temple of Doom tremendously. There might not have been a lot of room for her in Last Crusade, but we could have had some, we could have had some. It's just like, I don't know why there was the need for him to be James Bond also. Like, it's great that he could have just had a wife that was Karen Allen, but they just had like an exhilarating relationship. I don't know that he needed to be like a womanizer who's also a brilliant professor who's also... But, you know, a guy who can fuck people up like that i don't know whatever i don't need to try to bring down a character that i love right now this is a pro indiana jones podcast i want to make that completely clear right now uh because it seems like i went from saying it's my favorite franchise to being like ah is this believable it's like not the point it's a film serial thing I don't like Temple of Doom very much is the point. It's very dark. Uh, they invented the PG-13 rating. 
because this movie was so dark, but they're like, we're not going to make it rated R because Spielberg's our guy and, you know, we do what he says. But again, Nazis melt in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Also, the famous scene, the guy with the sword, he just shoots him. I mean, classic stuff. Back to Raiders. I just, I can't say enough good things about Raiders. Don't really have anything good to say about Temple of Doom. So that's also the thing why I don't see why people have such a problem with there being a fourth and even fifth extension to the franchise because it's not like you're ruining something. It's not Arrested Development 1 through 3 where it's like, why fuck with perfection here? The second one is a dud, and that's fine. It's fine because... It still has indie doing cool shit. The movie just doesn't work. So they don't really ruin the character. You know? But it's not played out. Like, I still want to watch indie do shit. It's like, we just need a better indie adventure. Anyway. Then Holy Grail comes up. Sean Connery plays his father. Uh, who goes missing while searching for the Holy Grail. Now, another religious artifact, like the Ark, which, you know, again, is the Ark a real thing? I believe it is, but, you know, did people know that prior? Had anybody heard of this? I don't think so. So his dad, also an archaeologist, gets captured by the Nazis while looking for the thing. Uh, they help him get away. They both raw dog the same girl who, for some reason, they both trust very easily, which is the biggest flaw of the movie because they're supposed to be really smart. And either way, it's not like they're constantly getting like Indy's getting outsmarted by women in the other movies. So it was just really out of character overall. But having said all of that, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, this is number two. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I mean, Raiders and Holy Grail are, well, Last Crusade, uh, are absolutely juggernaut. Like, I could watch these over and over and over and over and have and still will, and it will not get old. They're just barrels and barrels of fun. Uh, they actually get Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler's signature, Adolf Hitler's sitlicher. Uh, bold choices by Stevie Spielberg to just run with the Nazi thing really heavily. And nobody seemed to mind because you know what? We're just ripping them apart. We're killing the Nazis. It goes back to Inglorious Bastards. Like, who cares? Just kill a bunch of fucking Nazis. This rules. Always works. Uh, the blimp scene is awesome. Beautiful restaurant on the blimp, I must add. You know, a lot of great stuff on trains and these. All the vehicle stuff in all of these movies. Fights on moving cars. They're always great. Uh, there's like a dog fight. Just amazing stuff. Truly. Then they find their way to the Holy Grail and then they lose it tragically at the end in order to survive. Then we ride off into the sunset. Okay. Uh, now that we're done with that little recap, look, I like I said, I didn't want to go too deep into any of that. We all know that. We all love those. It's the, the divisive one is really Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which... You know, that came out when I was 13 years old. Saw it in theaters, of course. I had already loved the prior movies. And I loved this one. I didn't see any problem with it at all when I saw it at the time. Now, that was as a younger person. Having rewatched it last night, I gotta say, I was wrong. But... Not entirely, because I don't think that the things that are commonly written about this or discussed about this as the things that fuck it up 
are necessarily the things that fuck it up. I think that the whole first half of this movie is like rock solid, a killer Indiana Jones movie. Um, the opening little like thing where the kids race the army guys just to put you in the 1950s was fun and just really exciting and really great just Spielberg shit, like just flexing. They go to Area 51. It's like, okay, that's interesting. You realize that's where they stored the Ark of the Covenant. So it's like, okay, we're tying back into the original. And in this movie, they're already making the, like, Harrison Ford is old jokes. And the fact that there's a new one now is kind of crazy. <coughs> when it was like, oh, can you believe they're doing this back then? And now it's just like, yeah, who, who gives a fuck? Uh, which is which should have been the thought then, and now the thought should be, yeah, this is he is too old, which we'll get into. I just okay. Here's the thing, Kate Blanchett. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. So anyway, it it starts off. Uh, they're like, oh, we're gonna do the nuke test. The base is closed. Turns out it's a bunch of Russians. They shoot the guards. They make their way inside. Uh, turns out Indy's captured in the trunk. They're just trying to have him find the Ark, which they know is stored there. He does not, but they know that he's the one who discovered it. So he leads them to the Ark, uh, but Kate Blanchett, yeah, she's just horrific. I'm sorry. She's a brilliant actress. The accent's way too much, and it kind of slips in and out a little bit, especially at the beginning, and she's just not threatening at all, and... Yeah. It 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 just didn't work for me. But again, there's another thing here where there's like a guy that he knows and it's like, "Oh, did was he in another movie?" and it's like, "No, he's just similar to a lot of the guys that were in the other movies. He doesn't actually return uh from something else, although Karen Allen is back in this one, which is part of the reason why this works so well. Anyway, he gets out of it. He escapes. Ends up in the nuke town, which all of this is really cool. The A-bomb thing happens. You know, he survives in the fridge. Is it dumb? Sure. But these are based on, like, these really old, ridiculous film serial things anyway. Uh, he heals his dad with the Holy Grail. Again, melts. Nazis with a golden arch sphere thing. There's um voodoo magic shit in Temple of Doom. It goes on and on and on. What can you say? So to be like this is un cuz I know that that's a big detractor. It's like this is super stupid already. Whatever. This is what you're upset about. It's all electric and really fun and exciting, and that's what these are about. It's about trucking the globe and doing fun shit. So let this be fun. Anyway, he's then tracked down by Shia LaBeouf, who is eventually revealed to be his long-lost son with Karen Allen, who, thank God, that she is back. I have no issue with Shia LaBeouf being in this. It's like, does he really fit in this world? Not really, especially in retrospect. There's just a lot of baggage that's with it. But he's good in the movie in itself. The baggage outside of it, I don't think is relevant. Like, it's on the viewer to determine if that affects them or not. But, like, if you're objective about just how is he in the movie, he's fine. He plays, like, a generic greaser guy, whatever. Um, They're chased through, like, a college campus great stuff they put the motorcycle they slide under all the tables it's all excellent all these scenes are great then eventually uh they make their way down because they're looking for again some guy who hasn't been in these movies before but seems like he could have easily been in any of them another professor guy who helped raise the kid while indy wasn't there who is a great friend of his whatever this guy goes crazy after finding a crystal skull, blah, 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 blah. They reveal that it's like alien bodies. She shows that it's an alien's head. 
and that it wasn't like crafted and whatever. I mean, it makes sense that it's the 50s. In fact, what I don't like about it, though, is that it's just some random Russian Cold War thing, which what it should be. This is the biggest flaw of the movie. Is there should also just be FBI guys, you know, men in black types just kind of following them around and like making some it should be a race between all of them because it's literally just a back and forth of like, ah, the Russians have it. Now Indy has it. Now the Russians have it. And then that guy who betrays him at the beginning and reveals that he's with the Russians at one point is just like, I'm CIA. I'm a double agent, Indy. And he's just like, oh, okay, and just trusts him again. Now, as we mentioned, the woman foils him very easily in Last Crusade, so they're kind of making him out to, it kind of makes sense with prior context, but it's just silly. And then Shia LaBeouf, during a chase scene, uh, becomes friends with a bunch of monkeys and swings through the forest to catch up to dudes on cars. And that's the worst part of the movie. It really takes me out of it. And then there's a bunch of ants that are destroying everybody. And that really takes me out of it. And then they're back to like doing indie stuff where they're like solving puzzles and they have clues and they're like talking it out. And they're like, you know, it's dumb Indiana Jones shit. Like when they're in the library in Italy or whatever, whatever other part of the other movies you want to refer it to. Where it's just like, oh, this piece of paper says da-da-da-da-da that this guy said in 500 AD, but that's a riddle, which means this, and then that means this, and then I MacGyver a solution, and you push this brick, and everything's solved. And it's just like, whatever. Uh, that means you have to put the staff at this time of day and shine it, and then the sun catches it, and it's like, how did you decipher this riddle? It makes no sense, but cool, great, again, that's what I love. Say a bunch of things that don't make sense and then exciting things happen and it's like fantastic. This is brilliant. I love people solving puzzles. Um, And then, yeah, that part gets great again. And then you realize that it's like a council of aliens and they needed the final head to like complete the council of aliens to like return a mothership back home. And it's just like this is cheesy pulp sci-fi bullshit, which is what they're going for. Uh... Yeah, you know, just not not that great to me. To me, instead of this being an... I guess the difference is like... Instead of being an elevated B-movie style, which is kind of what they're going for with the film serial thing, two and four just are kind of more B-movie quality. Whereas one and three are A-movies... They're like Tarantino, like, you know, Tarantino's entire career is just elevated B-movie styling, hard genre shit, and it just didn't hit the mark, but it, that's why I think the CIA element could be a little more there, because the villains just don't work, you know, they're just chasing, like, a few Russians, wouldn't the government be on top of it, because they keep talking, you know what I mean, there's just not enough conflict, it's just too thinly veiled, um, they go down all these waterfalls in a car, it's just kind of absurd, but it is kind of in the same playfulness that the other three, like, things like that would kind of happen there, um, there is still pretty good chase sequences, as there always is in these, it it's just once they leave the U.S., it just gets a little crazy until they're back to the archaeology shit. Um, like at one point they get away and then they just tell the crazy guy to get help. So of course the crazy guy just gets the Russian people. Those are the only people he knows. Like how would he go get help? Doesn't make any sense. You're in the middle of the rainforest. Just a lot of silly shit like that where it's just like this isn't quite. It's just not quite right and I, I can't really explain why um but again I don't the Shia LaBeouf stuff didn't really bother me other than when he had to swing through the jungle and that was supposed to be f like I don't know what that was <laughs> that was just crazy but I had no problem with him being in the movie or them alluding to him taking it over 
And I love that he got married to Karen Allen and we made that official. Now, let's move on to the next one. I had mentioned on the pod, and I've been telling people for years, my idea for the last Indiana Jones. I'd even said this for the last one. Um, But what the last, like whatever the final movie should be, which now is definitely this one since Harrison Ford is 80 years old. I was a proponent of Ponce de Leon. Indiana Jones looks for the fountain of youth. In the end, you know, maybe he's like, he doesn't want to do it, whatever. He's in a fight. Something happens. Who knows? Like, he doesn't do it on purpose. He falls into it. Or whatever, you know. There's Because the thing is, the thing they're looking for is always like something evil and like the his foe's greed is what always consumes them and they try to do too much and their greed results in them dying. Whereas Indy is always cool and level headed and is just in it, you know, for the history or whatever. So, you know, something would happen where somebody's trying to exploit it for the wrong reason and they would just end up dying. But then something would happen and it would work positively on Indy and he would come out as a younger man, but he would come out as like, you know, Chalamet or whatever. You know, it wouldn't be Chalamet, but you know what I mean? Be Shia LaBeouf. Uh, And that's how we could carry on the Indiana Jones franchise for however long we want. Like that's the easy way to at least open the door to something like that. If we wanted to continue. I thought that was a great idea. Look they didn't do it. And they didn't pass it off to Shia LaBeouf either. From this point of the episode on. Uh, there will be spoilers for Dial of Destiny. So. Steer away if you don't want to hear what happens. Because it's going now. Shia LaBeouf's dead in the new one. Uh, They wrote it off as he went to Vietnam and died. And that caused a rift between the marriage of him and Marion, I believe is the character's name. And so Karen Allen is not in this movie either until the end. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's just like, this isn't an exciting choice for me. I I didn't watch her show that blew up, so I don't get... To me, it's just like... You know, they threw Sean Connery in there last, last time. Shia LaBeouf, I get it. It is disappointing for the same reason, I suppose. Um, but for being 13, I you know, I thought that that was sick. <laughs> Now I do get it, especially having just said, like, oh, we got Phoebe Waller. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know who would have been the right fit, but I just would have liked to see somebody else in this part. Uh, But she plays his goddaughter. They open with a flashback to Nazi Germany just to kind of give a prologue to the thing they're looking for, even though they've never done that before. But whatever, you know, it's a fine sequence. It goes a bit long. Where they're just on this train. Um, it shows another old friend of Indy's who we haven't met before. And this is who Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character. It's her daughter. His daughter. Excuse me. Who is Indy's goddaughter. These people. You know. Indy has all the closest friends in the world. Um, the guy with the fez hat does come back. From Raiders. Which is great. And he was also in. Fucking. Last Crusade. That's why those two are the best. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge is his goddaughter, and she's also an archaeologist student, whatever. She's just like him. But she's in it to get these artifacts and sell them. So she's basically like the people. She's like the dude Indy was against in the original movie, only there aren't Nazis anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, there's a bunch of hippies and everybody's excited about the moon landing and Indy's like, nobody cares about anything that happened in my t- generation's time anymore. Uh, I'm a miserable old man is basically the thing. And then uh, basically the dad was obsessed with this Dial of Destiny thing. 
He had it the whole time ever since this initial train thing that they show. And Indy vows to destroy it, but does not, so is then swept up when Mads Mikkelsen returns, despite being hit by a pole while on a moving train. Uh, He ends up being part of Project Paperclip and works with NASA to land people on the moon, so he he ends up being central to the plot. And he kind of has his little team of Nazis and the CIA working together to get this dial back kind of as a favor which you know they did do the nazis they did do they did do the nazis but right like they did right by the nazis that's the term i'm trying to think of uh those dudes got paid like fucking crazy to come work for the uh, read about project paperclip it is really unbelievable if you're not aware uh the cushy life you could only dream of for the nazis uh Anyway, so yeah, this Dial of Destiny, they reveal that via its complex mathematics, it exposes rifts in time. Uh, So not a religious artifact, although in the original thing, they are trying to recover a religious artifact and return it to Hitler. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen's purpose is to try to return to Germany 1939, which to me is early, to try to kill Hitler and take his place as a stronger leader and will not make the same mistakes he made. Uh, Sure. Whatever. Uh, A little extreme. All they had to be, all it had to be was like, uh, I would go course correct this or that. To point it in the right direction. But hey, if you're trying to time travel, your purpose better be pretty crazy, I guess. So that's fair. Uh, But then it's basically just this movie's just like a race to who can get it first. Which they all kind of are. Don't get me wrong. But they're starting from the same place at each time. Like it's literally like the amazing race. Like we're here. We're here. You go like. You have the lead, now we have the lead. Now you have the lead, now we have the lead. It's kind of just like Crystal Skull, where it's like, we have the skull, now they have the skull, now they have the skull, but they have the secret, you know, but they have the but they have the riddle, but we have the thing we need for with the riddle. And then everybody switches hands, whatever. Same dumb shit. Um, and there's not a lot of action. Uh, I think that's why they had the prologue. Because it's the most Indiana Jones-esque sequence. Even the score in this, a little less triumphant. It's a little more flat. Like, we can't quite get there. Uh, All the times Indy kind of tries his classic moves, he just kind of gets thwarted and it doesn't really work. Um, He just has a smaller foe this time, where it's like he's not going after entire armies of people. This movie, it makes sense for it to be a smaller, like, militia armada type thing. Um, A lot of parallels to Crystal Skull in that, where it's like, they're just against a small group of Russians in Crystal Skull. This one, some rogue paperclip, (laughs) one paperclip Nazi who managed to land us on the moon and his goons. A manageable team to defeat, because that guy is also pretty old. So, you know what I mean? It all kind of works. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge then steals it while there's all this commotion. There's a chase sequence through a parade that's fun. And everybody gets away. Phoebe Waller-Bridge takes it to, like, Morocco, where she has a crazy ex who's, like, trying to kill her, but not really, and they're chasing them while they're trying to chase the Nazis and she has like a young boy accomplice like trying to nod to Indy, you know. Um, like in the second movie. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of works. I don't find the kid all that funny or charming. Like, that's the thing. There's not a lot of comedy or anything really in this. It's kind of all played very seriously because Harrison Ford is just kind of like, a cranky old man the whole time and Phoebe Waller-Bridge just isn't very funny or charming like I said like I just don't 
Her character doesn't really do enough for me. Um, She kind of is on both sides. Like, she clearly loves Indy, but she's hurt that he wasn't around. Like, he said he would be after her dad went crazy. So she's harboring those kind of feelings. But she realizes, like, oh, I can't sell it to these guys the more serious it gets. And, yeah, they kind of end up on the same team. But they're kind of against each other at first, which is classic indie energy. You know, he's always trying to be the smart one who's right and wants to do everything his own way. Like, he's a stubborn guy. It's all kind of in the same realm, but it's a lot less playful. There's just not as much the essence of fun, which... Definitely was in Crystal Skull. Like, the banter with him and Shia LaBeouf is very, like, I'm old, you're young. But it's just I'm stupid, or I'm smart, you're stupid in the other ones anyway. Um, So the dynamic still kind of worked there. And then his dynamic with Karen Allen was great. So anyway, that kind of element wasn't really in this one. There's not even really playful banter with the villain, which usually happens. There's not a, just like a lot of one-liners. There's, it's a lot more joyless, this movie, which it still has great camera work, as if Spielberg did it. There's a lot of nods to the other movies. Um, but, I, yeah, the direction is all fine. It's just, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same feeling. So anyway, they're then on a boat and they go in the sea to like find the clue that gets them there. And then the Nazis catch up to them really quickly, but then they steal it back. And this whole thing is just completely unnecessary to me. There's like tw- it's like 20 minutes they could have cut. And this movie's two and a half hours. It's way too long. Uh, Crystal Skull, I thought, was this long. Only two hours. And it feels long. Um they they just could have cut this whole middle part. Antonio Banderas is in it kind of for no reason. Because um, they even do the map transition thing to cut the travel out of it like they did in the other movies. And just to show them do a quick boat thing that's not very exciting and not very interesting. Um, and yeah, the Nazis come, they take over, but then the Nazis lose and Indiana and them get away. So it's like all they had to do was not do any of that part and then we didn't have to meet new characters who then just die anyway. Um, yeah, it was just useless and it didn't work. That, that, this to me was the worst part. Uh, and then they chase them back down. They go to the guy's tomb who like made the thing they need to acquire the other half he's buried with the other half and then they put it together and they realize that it works they discover the rift in time but then uh the rift actually takes them back to 200 bc yes and they time travel to this guy's origin time our i i forget his name archimedes or some shit like this And he's some, like, ancient Roman Sicilian math guy. And, yeah, they go for it. And they actually show up in this past. And Indy's like, leave me here. I'll just die here. And she's like, shut the fuck up. And she hits him in the face and takes him back. And it's kind of like what he would have done to his dad. So it kind of, it all works. It's just, I don't really buy that they're that related or that they care about each other. And that's the biggest flaw of this movie and it makes it not work. The fact that, and the fact there's not a lot of that classic indie, there's not that scene where he they describe a bunch of weird shit and then solve a puzzle in the same way. It's all very easy. They just kind of show up and do stuff. And there's none of that like, balance the sand on the thing or run through the you know the way they had to get to the holy grail in a very specific way or the way they had to solve the puzzle in crystal skull to release the sand which opened up the thing like even that one was simpler but still like they had to go through more stuff uh in this one they kind of just traveled to the things and it was all very kind of neat and easy and i get it it's limited by his age so it's a lighter adventure and that's the thing like They don't all have to be the biggest, grandest things. 
to show it. Like there could be a smaller version of this movie where he goes on just like, I don't know, whatever. They go on some deep cave dive dig and you know, whatever. Not the point. I'm not here to fucking pitch another side Indiana Jones movie. Point being, like, it doesn't have to... It's on me for trying to make it, like, oh, there needs to be, like, a big ending. It's like, the dude's 80 years old. We just get to watch, like, his last adventure. And his last adventure doesn't have to be his most exciting one, and it wouldn't be. You know? It's just that... I don't know. The fact that he's fighting like one paperclip Nazi in the end. Interesting. Like why make it a Nazi one again? I guess. I guess because like every other one has to be a Nazi story. I don't know. They did involve the CIA in this one. Kind of counterpoint to what I said about Crystal Skull. Which felt like it was missing. But then they just kind of get killed and nobody cares. And they just bow out. Uh, the fact that they actually time travel is kind of crazy. But as he says in the movie, and as I mentioned earlier, like he's seen a bunch of crazy shit. Like the Holy Grail healed his dad. Aliens. Uh, the Ark thing. The temple. I mean, like, come on. It's all insane. But the fact that they just do it. It's kind of nuts, but hey, go for it. Let him have one last fucking amazing adventure. See, because I'm looking at it from his perspective. Like, as far as the movie goes, like, just the pacing of it, the fact that it was like, okay, we're going from New York to Morocco. This part's all fun. There's just one big chase in New York and then one big chase in Morocco and then it's a boat chase, and the boat chase is what sucks, and then it's a plane chase. And the plane chase isn't very entertaining either, but that's when they just go through the time rift. But essentially, that's what this movie is. There's a chase set piece, then a chase set piece, then a chase set piece, and then they're back in time. And it somehow takes two and a half hours, and then it's just over. The, p- the pacing's very odd, and that's what needs the most needed the most work, and I think it just needed a larger edit. But look, I think they show a man in a stage of his life where he has technically kind of lost everything. He doesn't have any friends. They're all kind of dead. Um, His wife left him because their son died because he couldn't tell him to stay. And it's very strong against him. Look, I'm making the case for this now. See, I told you I thought I wasn't really feeling it. But now that I'm thinking about it and it's resonating with me, I needed to talk this out with y'all. Um, there's parts of the movie, I guess, that don't work, but the central theme of like, here's a man at the end of his life looking back on all the adventures he had and all he really needed was like a stable family structure. And in the end, he wanted to leave it all behind because he left it all behind in the, in his life already for the sake of these adventures and for history that he wanted to just be history. And she's like, no, we love you. We're going to be a family now. And he wakes up and Karen Allen is there and they're all living together. So, you know, he'd been in a coma, whatever, because he had been shot and, you know, he's an old man. So recovery was tough, whatever. I buy the message and what happens in the end. And I don't care that they went for it. Look, they went for it with the alien thing, and that was with Spielberg. Spielberg didn't do this one. George Lucas didn't do this one. They were just producers, so I'm sure they didn't lift a finger or whatever. They maybe gave a final approval, just said, go for it. I don't mind that he also time-traveled. This guy's done all the best things. I love that he got to do one more amazing thing. I love that for this character. And that he got back with his wife. Because he needed it. He was a sad old man who was forced to retire. And he would have had nothing else. So now he had this memory that he went back and he met that guy. And yes, it's crazy. I get it. But the whole thing was that it was like a NASA scientist and all this. And he understood. 
look, I crazy plot, a bit of a stretch, but they all are. They all are. And uh, it's just tonally a bit different. So, I don't know. I'm going to do my final rankings here. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit surprising as I re- as I do it right now. This is off the cuff again. You heard me literally just talk myself into liking the movie after starting with not liking the new movie as much. So here we go. Number five. We're ranking worst to best, by the way. Number five, it wasn't clear enough. Number five. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's right. He did it. He did it, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's the worst one. I want to watch it the least. Number four. Indiana Jones. And the Dial of Destiny. It was hard. It was hard. Uh, That and Crystal Skull are neck and neck. Because look, I really hate that middle sequence of Crystal Skull, but I also kind of hate the middle sequence of Dial of Destiny, as I said. Dial of or Crystal Skulls is way more far-fetched and stupid, but this one's is just a little more boring, and the movie's too new, and it's just, I don't know. It's like, really, it's 3B and 3A, and Temple of Doom is just 5. So 3A, Crystal Skull... For the reasons I just said. Number two, obviously. It well, You know what? Number one B, no. It doesn't deserve. It does deserve to be that good. But Raiders just deserves its own tier also. So number two. Naturally. Holy Grail, baby. Last Crusade, number two. And number one, Raiders, naturally. So, running that back. Best to worst. Number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number two, Last Crusade. Number three, A. (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Number three, B. Dial of Destiny. And number five, Temple of Doom. Those are my off-the-cuff having just seen the new movie rankings. Uh, number one and two are going to be locked in forever for sure. It remains to be seen how I feel about Dial of Destiny. Look, I think James Mangold kind of did the Wolverine thing where it's like we have to send this guy off, middle-aged, powers aren't quite there. It's that t- He was the right guy to do it for that reason. I'm going to take this franchise, but I'm going to show you what the dark old side of it is like <laughs> you know what i mean what what it's like when you're over the hill doing this type of shit yeah um and look they basically had to rely on chase scenes because what else could harrison ford do i get it and you know you have to adapt and make the most of the story with what you can and they didn't try to have him do too much and just make it look stupid basically like, oh, it's a body double, but he's still 80. Like, oh, he's doing it? Well, he's 80. He couldn't be and shouldn't be. So don't CGI it, you know? The guy kind of did what his limitations were. I just wish there just wasn't the joy that there needed to be and there wasn't enough humor to counterbalance what wasn't enough action or really mythology that they typically build in. Um... But again, they're all really talking about nonsense, so maybe I just kind of zoned out this time, and it just wasn't as interesting. But it seemed like it was a little more secondary, the mythology of what they were trying to go by. And they kind of wanted this one to be a little more character-driven. But that's just kind of not what the franchise is, you know? that You kind of need to go deeper into the pulpiness of it, because they played it kind of straight, and emotional 
but it's technically about time travel, you know, so it's played a little too serious for that. And so I think just, you know, with some editing and a little bit of tonal work, it could have gotten a little a little more out of it, I think. A little higher higher ranking for me initially. But I respect what they were trying to do, and I think it's not like Chris, I don't think Crystal Skull like ruined a send off or anything and it was like something that needed to be corrected by any means. But I think like why not do another one? If you have a story, do it. And sure it's outlandish, but like I said, they didn't all work already anyway, and I don't think that this was a failure. So it's like as long as it's not a failure, then, you know, if I wanted to run all five back, I wouldn't be like, well, I'm going to skip that one. Like, if I felt like marathoning it out, like, you wouldn't watch Rocky Five again. You wouldn't force yourself to do that. Maybe you would. I probably would for the series. But, you know, it's a worthy entry, and I think the context of watching all five in a row might make it an even better movie. I don't know. Um... Yeah. I I don't really know what else to add other than you should go see it. And you know, see for yourself. Maybe maybe I'm way off, but uh the reviews keep getting better and better it seems like. Uh seems like financially it's going to do pretty well. So who knows what the future might hold? Uh, they might do another prequel series. Who knows? It's the one thing of Indiana Jones I've never watched. They had a young Indiana Jones TV series. Make it into it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so maybe look for that on an episode coming soon. I have been looking for more things to watch. Uh, speaking of which, The Idol is something I have begun to watch. So that episode will certainly be coming soon. We just had to do 150 for Indy. Uh, God bless Harrison Ford and this franchise. It's unbelievable. Just his level of contribution to franchise, like the, the best franchises in movie history. What an icon, Harrison Ford. Um, I've been meaning to do The Fugitive on here as well. I have some notes about Chicago, kind of ties in with the bear on that. Uh, the logistics of that movie are kind of upsetting, but that's all right. Uh, I think I want to do it with U.S. Marshals, so we'll see if I get on top of that. Um, but yeah, look, I'd prefer to have another Indiana Jones movie than to not. I wish they would have made another one in the mid-90s. I think that's what we were missing, and that's what made Crystal Skull and this one just feel so separate. Although they are kind they are similar and they're the two that are kind of tied together. We almost need a second trilogy now. So in a few years like let's do one more where he's in it but he's just like in a rocker telling a story. And then it's a young version of himself or I don't know. But there's something there, there's a way it could work where maybe he's in it one more time but doesn't really have to do as, like, anything and isn't even really starring in it. Maybe he just kind of is reading over the top. Like, it's his... Maybe... Oh, maybe he dies and he, like, leaves a clue for, like, something he had stashed away in his past. And so they're they're on the chase, like, trying to find the thing that he's looking for and they're reading his clues and going through all of his old stuff and like using his tricks and stuff that he learned and he's just kind of there as a like voice coming through so he kind of narrates it when they read the letters and then maybe they see a vision of him or like they allude to him a lot. I could see like an epilogue movie doing something like that, but we don't need it. We don't need it. Five is plenty. This is this works just just as well but just a theory for a way they could keep going in some way um or you know just have it have it i don't know 
we'll leave it at that. Um, I'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the 4th of July. God bless Indiana Jones. God bless America. Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please share and uh, give me those five stars. And remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.